0: For those who have been in youth ministry before COVID, we know things have changed since the pandemic. We live in a different world now. Youth ministry is different. As someone who was a youth pastor before and now re-entered into the local church youth ministry, I was very surprised by some of the differences. In this episode, we discuss some of those differences from a first-hand perspective. I'm Kyle Wood. I'm Jason Brewer, and this is The Thought Factory. The
1: Thought
0: Factory podcast. Brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org.
1: So glad you're with us on this episode of the Thought Factory. As you've already heard, this one's going to be a little different because going to be led by not only jason brewer they're used to hearing but kyle wood part of our staff here at never the same let me just give you a quick context to this conversation and to our relationship because it's important for you to know going into this who, who you're hearing from if you've been listening to this podcast you might be familiar with jason brewer who he is but kyle wood also a member of our team here at never the same jason We don't talk about our roles here a lot, but Jason is the Director of Creative Design. That has a lot to do with our environments for our events, particularly our NTS camp environment and all the sessions that we do around the country. Kyle Wood is the Director of Communications and Operations here at Never the Same. And our relationship goes back over 20 years together. I was actually a youth pastor. To both these gentlemen and it has been one of the greatest privileges of my life to not only be in relationship with them but also to be in a work relationship and the ministry that we have been able to have together has been a very meaningful for me these men are the foremost experts in their field they've led on so many different levels and layers of youth ministry in local churches at some of the largest and most influential churches in the nation before joining us here at Never the Same on this team and in this environment. What they're going to talk about today, doing youth ministry and re-entering into it in a different world, is so important for our time right now as this is being recorded in 2022, talking about what youth ministry is like right now. Both of these men have something so important for you to hear because of their experience and the voice and the perspective that they have. Many of you listening to this are probably involved in a local level of ministry somewhere. That might be a campus ministry. It might be a church ministry. And they share that experience. What they bring to the table, though, in this episode is their voice from a national level. They've led locally. And they've led nationally. And they've gone back and forth between those two things. And what they're going to share today is a unique blend of both of these platforms and backgrounds, local and national. And that perspective is unique and it's important for all of us in the youth ministry context today. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation today between Jason Brewer and Kyle Wood. I
0: would have to start out by saying we are in a different world uh, regardless. The obvious statement is since COVID, we are in a different world. And that also relates to youth ministry. And uh, Kyle, you you mentioned this off mic, but as a youth pastor who's entering into youth ministry post-COVID, the post-pandemic time, what were some of the, the thoughts that you had in regards to that? person who's stepping into youth ministry after the the pandemic.
2: Yeah, you know, I was talking with a few other youth pastors and, and the conversation came up that um, if you weren't a youth pastor or in youth ministry directly during the whole COVID pandemic um, and, you know, the digital, having to go digital and Zoom meetings and all of those kind of things um, and, and, you know, social distanced youth ministry and what that all looked like, that you kind of don't know what it was like. If you weren't in it, there's kind of no catching up for what you might have missed during that time.
0: And we really are those youth pastors. If we're talking about re-entering into youth ministry, we both were youth pastors many years ago. And like Jeff mentioned, we stepped out of the local church ministry and and started working for Never the Same full-time, still participating in youth ministry. we We are our hearts are for youth ministry, and yet we entered back into the local church post-pandemic, post-COVID, and we realized youth ministry is different than it was when we were leading full-time in a local church. And we really just wanted to discuss those differences. What did we find? What did we see? What was our experience like? And Maybe it's beneficial to those who are hearing us right now that are like, yeah, it is a different world and and what are some of those things that that are different and and we really just wanted to talk about what it was like for us who when when we are at this organization we can sometimes feel disconnected from the local church. We we engage in youth ministries at the summertime when we gather for camp ministry and youth groups are joining us at camp all around the country. And, and we engage with youth pastors and students and we, we see the ministry happen in those time periods. But throughout the year, we are a little bit more disengaged. And yet now a year ago, we stepped back into the local church and led a, a youth ministry full time. You and I. We were the youth pastors. We were co-leaders. We were, we were in charge of everything to the student ministry, and uh, we led together. Um, we learned together. What was some of the things even for you that were different in youth ministry from the time that you had before that?
2: Yeah, you know coming in and I like to kind of think of it as, you know, we've kind of been like observers, right? Maybe like going to an aquarium and you can, you can like view what's happening. But all of a sudden in this last year, we just kind of like jumped in. Uh, We like dove into the shark tank almost and, um, and just trying to figure out how it is, how it was different uh, on the inside versus, you know, sometimes looking at these problems and, and observing them from the outside and kind of knowing, um, you know, what they are, but not necessarily practically how they work out all the time um, because you don't have first-hand experience. So that's, that was one of the things that really got me was just that first-hand experience again with, um, you know, things like uh, what, what do you do when a student posts on Instagram something that's inappropriate and they want to lead from a stage? Um, it's easy to go and write a blog article about that, but then when you have to look that student in the eye, how do you deal with that? Um, and it and it goes beyond just that one student and into the the ramifications of them and their friends and maybe even parents who attend the church. Uh, so you know it's things like like that. We understand social media, but then having to like practically one on one talk to a student about it.:
0: Yeah, you are kind of hitting on the the philosophical what we tend to do at a, a an organization that is not the local church versus practical. And you're talking about a situation that we had to deal with, where before social media wasn't prominent in students' lives. Uh, it may have been Facebook. It may have been a, a subtle thing. Where yeah, it's still there, but when you're looking at uh, somebody to go that that post, you're in a level of leadership, a student leader, and you post something that comes across as inappropriate, or you know uh not something that should have been said and yet you address it and you're going well it's wrong and it's like why and you're going it's not something to say you realize what you're saying and posting and the picture is provocative you know all those things that you go and now i'm talking to a a student there's consequences there's the you're let's not have you in a position of leadership right now and just kind of let's kind of discuss this and then They don't understand completely why they can't lead and and then the ramification of them falling out and and not really be as engaged and not participating. And all those things that all of a sudden that one decision where like this is bad or this is different and you're going, oh, now they're not showing up. Right.
2: Yeah. You had to actually deal with students and the emotions that are behind, you know, everything that happens. Uh, it's not just that, you know, you go online and you uh, type in a few words and then you like kind of willy nilly, you know, put it out there. Uh, but there's so much mixed up with each individual post. Why do I put it out? What was the angle? You know, did it flatter me? Did it make me look good? Um, and then for us to come in and kind of you know talk down to that in some way. It instantly put a barrier between us and that student uh, that was tough. And, you know, what COVID also introduced um, and kind of what we're coming into is a different a different um, mental health world than than maybe we were used to. You know, in our world way back, you know, when we used to be youth pastors a long time ago, you could throw a dodgeball at a kid's head and and not get in trouble um, and, and really have no ramifications for it. Um, and we've, you know, been in youth ministry, we've seen that progress and change. But today, you know, in this world today, when we jump back in as the people, um, we have to be the ones to deal with it. And so treading lightly and understanding that, you know, a student, their, their world is wrapped up in these kinds of things, their appearance and, and social media, things like that.
0: Even with the social media aspect, when we're like trying to not tread lightly, but like address the issue and kind of hear some consequences, ramifications. And yet having them understand that it's out of a place of love and not that we are hating them or we dislike them or we're judging them. and, And yet that's how they interpreted it. It was like, you hate me. You are judging me for my decisions. And I'm not welcome here anymore. And it's like, no, we are saying this out of love because we want to protect you. We want to we want to provide the the a platform for you to continue to lead. But this is just going to cause people to stray away. And we want to protect that from happening, you know. And so,
2: yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of like being a parent, right? Both of us, um, the last time that we were really in youth ministry, neither of us were parents right. um, or we were brand new parents. Right. Now, you know, we've got kids who are, you know, in school and, and we've had to go through issues with our own kids. And it was almost like that um, where we just don't have that relationship yet with that student where they understand that when we say something, it's coming from a place of love. Um, and so setting up that relationship, so just jumping in in one year, um, and the this issue came up so fast in that year, so there wasn't really that, that bond between us yet to Not understand. So we had to set that up, um, and you know, thankfully in that situation there was resolution, there was you know relationship that was mended and 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 great relationship that ended up being formed, um, and so it ended up very well. Uh, but we you know we kind of had to work through some of those issues there.
0: Another topic that we kind of had to deal with. The difference between philosophically and practically, we can sit here and kind of discuss the gender identity issue and we can say, hey, this is what our thoughts are, this is what we believe, this is how you should approach it, this is what the Bible says, this is this, 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 and this, all philosophically. But when we stepped in and you're looking eye to eye with a student who believes they are a different gender and is asking to be called by a different name and you are brand new and all of a sudden you're you're trying to go what's respectful what is the truth what should i be doing right now they don't know me very well and i don't know them very well but all of a sudden practically it caused us to go what are we going to do in regards to this issue you know do we do we allow it do we speak into, uh, the truth. Do we, and this was a very, um, involved student as well, where if you say something and you offend them, all of a sudden they, do they walk away? And is this the only opportunity for them to hear the truth in this setting? You know, does it send them down a road that we don't want them down and, and start asking those questions? And it's, a lot different when you are looking eye to eye with a student
2: yeah and you know you have again you have the parent issues where you know we know we know parents in these situations and what am I going to say here that is it going to conflict with what the parents say is it going to agree with what the parents say Um, are we all on the same page and so you know again, just forming that relationship and being able to know that and that person and, and having the conversations ahead of time or, um, you know, when you're bombarded with it, it's hard in the moment, um, but just trying to figure out where, you know, we land. So having that solid, so that solid platform to, to lead on was good. Um, you mentioned, you know, that they're an involved student and, you know, you kind of have to tread lightly with some of that kind of thing. You also have to figure out, like, you know, when they're involved in a way that It's kind of like a a serving in a high level. And and there's a position then that if they vacate it, it would be hard to fill. Um, You know, sticking to your guns, so to speak, to your morals and knowing where you stand is such a big deal um, and doing it well. Right. Because we could have easily said, well, if this were to
0: happen where they walk away and the role that they do can't be filled what's going to happen and so you think short term but at the same time am i allowing something to be communicated that i don't truly believe should be communicated and am i setting a precedence but that was something that kind of struck me as re-entering into the youth ministry world Of we can talk about it we know we were well aware that this was an issue uh, amongst adolescents we know that this is something that they deal with this is something that is very much on the minds of other youth pastors but when you are stepping in and yeah i mean it was it was like oh yeah i have to deal with it because i'm that guy or we're those guys that are in the role that you know and and other students are communicating and believing the opposite of what i may believe and so you're like okay so this isn't just a isolated incident. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to navigate this? And you just, it is a different world for sure.
2: Yeah, you know, um, at Never the Same, we have a very biblical view of gender and of marriage and sexuality, um, and we hold to that. And, you know, when you talk about the fact that, you know, we understand the issues um, Just a couple years ago at our NTS camps, um, we were very forthright um, on what we believe. And we put a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of research um, into and a lot of prayer into that um, formulated train of thought. Right. And so all of that processes uh, with with us as we're going through these situations as well. It's like we we have a line in the sand, but now it's practical. And now we have to actually live out what we say we believe on paper and even on a microphone, um, you know, to to people. So as we talk about it, now we actually have to live it. So that that became an interesting um, hurdle to jump over as we kept going. Uh, And it was it was surprising. Um, It is definitely one of those youth pastoring in a new world um, scenarios for sure.
0: Yeah. And this is all coming out of. uh what we've dealt with for the last two years of the more the divide that we see in society where, you know, if you're on one side or the other, if you believe one thing or another and you can almost start identifying all those differences. And, and as I was somebody who was also, I wasn't involved uh, on a week to week uh, or day to day um, basis in a youth ministry, but I was, I was help consulting, and I was providing ideas, and I was meeting with a a youth ministry team through the transition of COVID, where I remember, you know, as a team, we were discussing, what are we going to do? How do we go live stream this stuff? What do we, how do we program it? What are some ideas to keep the students engaged? And so I, I, I wasn't oblivious of what the youth pastor was dealing with but i also wasn't doing it on a day-to-day work basis where i just basically said if i was you here's some ideas and they would go and do these ideas and kind of report back like hey this worked this didn't work all right let's try try to this now and all right let's do this and but they had to do all the physical work and the, the struggle of that where when you are creating a product or something, when you're creating something and you start to put it out there and it's not received well, you have to start making adjustments. But you also start to go, all right, what, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to? And you, you start questioning your own leadership and, and purpose. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are in youth ministry that questioned it and maybe a lot more people who are no longer in youth ministry because it was so tough. And we, we are just more discussing like how we ran things before COVID and how we ran things after COVID. Those are two different worlds. And, and it, it was shocking for, to say the least, um, where it's like, we were brand new. We were, it felt like I, I have all these years of experience. I have all these years of youth ministry experience. I've been, I felt like I was brand new and it was my first year trying to figure this thing out.
2: Yeah, definitely felt, uh, strange to be in, in that role again. Um, you know, over the, the last, I don't know, eight years or so of being out of, of youth ministry on a full-time basis um, in a church. I've been a, I've been a small group leader. I've helped um, consult as well with, with youth ministries. And um, when you're in those kind of roles, you kind of have this ability to say things um, and even maybe be strong about them, but then not have to deal with the, the ramifications of actually living them out. And so, you know, Now, again, having having to be there was was what was so different about that.
0: Obviously, with working with students, you have to deal with the parents as well. And that was something that we always had to deal with, regardless of time frame, like parents care. um, But I used to be that youth pastor like I got it figured out. And then it's like, I don't have it figured out. And I want to be in support of the parent.
2: One of the things that I really noticed um, this time around coming, coming back into it was is that we had two full-time jobs, essentially. We had our never-the-same job, um, and we had this youth pastor job. And there are so many of you out there doing dual roles, and our hats are off to you um, because that is one of the, the toughest things to have to do is manage your time because all you want to do is give everything your best, um, but you can't at some point you have to you have to cave on a few things and so one of the things that I, I feel like I really noticed um, and this this may or may not be a new world kind of mentality it was just kind of a, um, a needed work mentality I think is that you know you had to you had to really figure out what was important where did I need to spend my time did I need to spend hours working on a graphic that you know students may or may not care about did I need to spend hours on a game um, you know that is going to be a lot of fun and games are very needed Um, or did I need to spend hours writing a message that you know yes is super important um, and needs to be biblically based and it needs to be true and all of those good things but just figuring out where my time was spent did I need to spend hours you know taking students out um, and you know, m- meeting with parents and meeting with our adult leaders, those kinds of things. Um, and and one of the things that came kind of late in our time, in our in the spring semester, was that we did an event where we just took a students and we went to an ice rink, and we ran around and we played broomball. We had pizza and ice cream and brownies, and it was just a time of community and fun. And there was not a message, and there was kind of no expectation for the night. And it was one of the greatest things that we did um and we both mentioned how we wish we would have done that sooner right um create that relationship with those students on a fun level where there was there wasn't this um i'm the youth pastor and you're the student it was we're both on the same playing field literally on ice where no one can stand up um (laughs) and it kind of leveled us out um and we laughed and we had fun and we ate too much and we you know just had a really great time getting to know one another.
0: And I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit because even as those who have been in youth ministry for years and you would think, oh, they're experts, they know what to do. Even when we set up that that event, the day of people were showing up at the ice arena and we realized we booked the wrong ice arena. We booked one that was about 40 minutes further west of our location. And in that moment, we had to decide, do we cancel or do we just communicate real quickly? Hey, it's not here by the church. It is on the lake shore.
2: <laughs> and, you know, what's interesting about that situation, though, is that we had a choice to make. Right. Yes, we made a mistake and it was awful. And in that, you know, those moments where your stomach just like drops out, you're yeah. like, hold on. I didn't reserve this ice arena <laughs> that was right next to our church. I'd reserved the one further away. Those moments are terrible, but we had a choice to make. Do we do the the hard thing and communicate out on social media and send emails and text parents and get a hold of all of our leaders who then texted students and, you know, in about 20 minutes rerouted everybody and their parents to right. the other arena?
0: And expect them to drive further out. Yeah. It's inconvenient for them to spend the time to drive out and then drop them off for an hour and a half and then come back out pick them up or stay and you know all of a sudden what they were expecting to do is just drop off their kid come back in a couple hours but instead it's like now my evening's spent or do we just call it and be like ah, sorry we we don't have something booked it's like well let's just see who shows up and we were both amazed at the amount of students Mm -hmm. that showed up that made the effort because we made the effort and they showed up and we had a a great time uh, and like you said it was an event that we w- wished that we had done earlier where it wasn't a program it wasn't this big event on the church campus it was literally just let's have fun with the students and build relationships and and just hope that it has some sort of impact further in our time here um, and like getting to know them and being able to speak truth later in their life but right now there's names of students that we didn't even know and we just wanted to build that relationship because we were also going through some issues and we're like man all these issues can almost not be alleviated but they could have been handled differently if there was a relationship built there first and we kind of you know as I think about like what would we have done differently coming back in and just going right at it and reflecting is like that relationship is so important. We didn't know anybody uh, student wise in the youth ministry. And we are all of a sudden coming in, acting like we're the, the lead person and you need to follow us and obey and you need to follow our lead and 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 listen to us. And it's like they don't know us. Who are we? I mean. Come on, like you expect these students to go. Yeah,
2: we'll we'll get behind these strangers. Yeah, not to mention that we made changes. Yeah, we made big changes um, and some that were directed from the top down. So, you know, it's kind of like thrown at us. Here's what you need to be doing. We moved from two nights of ministry to one combined middle and high school because of a necessity that was needed. Um, And, you know, there were just things then we changed the name that had been around for a really long time. There were things that changed, um, not to mention the youth pastor obviously switching out on them, right. um, that that were tough. And so we're trying to build relationships amongst chaos. Uh,
0: yeah, and expect them to be okay with it and to go along with us amongst all these changes. And yeah, looking back on those changes, some were necessary, but the they they kind of hindered. Uh, our ability to really build the relationship and and have credibility in students' lives. The leaders were bought in. The leaders were amazing. The leadership was all in support. But we're not always here for the leadership and the the adult volunteers. We're here for the students. And we can have a great leadership team, but the students could not show up because they are like, I don't want to be a part of this. And and we're like, man, we, we missed that. Another thing that we did was uh, you know, a harvest party thing where it was just a bunch of games. And that was another thing that we looked at and go, We we wish we did that for, you know, the beginning of the fall just to have fun with these students and not have this pressure of having a program and great ideas and, and speaking the gospel and you know, all these things that kinda go into a night of of ministry and you're like I just I just want to hang out with students and get to know them and and let them know that we care
2: yeah yeah it was kind of reevaluating what made a night good you know people always ask you after a after a youth group event whether it's your senior pastor or um, you know somebody like that or even just friends around Um, maybe you still live with your parents and it's your parents yep we'll cut that out Um, I'm keeping it in We get asked the question of, you know, hey, how was youth group last night? Um, and it it's super simple to kind of look at things and go, well, I hit A, B, C, and D. I'm in my mind, it was a good night. But what really made it good? Um, and we keep going back to relationship. Um, every time that we built those relationships in a good way, in a in a strong way, um, we we walked away saying that was a good night. And that could have come in the form of games. It could have come in the form of a small group leader telling us and reporting back that they had some kind of connection that they hadn't had before for some reason. Um, It could have come in the form of a message or a worship um, musical event, you know, that that happened um, or just a straight up other event that we did that that totally led to that. But those relationships were so important. And I do believe that that's a huge part of um, coming out of, of covid is that, you know, we all spent so much time siloed in a way, and I think people just want to be somewhere where they know they're loved, where they know they're cared for, and where they can build a true relationship with somebody. Uh, and and, and those, those events and those relationships, they break down the walls that we've all put up. You know, those, I'm strong, I can handle these, w- this wall. Um, and that allows us to dig in, you know, with that ministry that we're all craving as well.
0: And as we just even talk about re-entering into a different world, it really isn't much different of what's important. And we've talked about it, but really it comes down to the relationships that we build in youth ministry, and those students matter. And we show that they matter by building relationships with them, getting to know their names, getting to know the issues that they have, whether at school or at home or in their faith, but there are students in your ministry that matter and you know that as a youth leader as a youth pastor as somebody who is investing in the lives of of students whether it's a teacher a parent you know that relationships matter and so even though we were re-entering into a different world we kind of come out of that going really the, the thing that matters most is relationships
2: you know it really comes down to Even though we did come back into a new world, re-entering youth ministry in a new world, things are kind of the same. Um, Relationships have always mattered. And, you know, spending time with students and spending time with parents even um, has always mattered. I think the difference now is it's all so much more heightened and we're all so much more aware. But now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to listen in? And are you going to, you know, set up those those times and be specific, or are you just going to sit back and talk about it? And that's where I think we realized that, you know, there was a difference between the, the practical application and the philosophical part of it. Um, and bridging that gap in this last year helped us not only as youth pastors in the moment, it helped us here at Never the Same um, to bridge some of those gaps and and to create some um, new new insight and ability here for us, I think it also helped me just as a person um, and even maybe as a dad um, to kind of understand where those relationships are so important and where I need to stop talking about things and just.
0: The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.